0: You're listening to the Soken Community Podcast, your favorite source for gaming, film, and internet debate. Start now.
1: Start now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Soakin Podcast. I'm your host, T, and with me today are Sil and Leo.
2: Oh, Leo. Oh, I see what you did there. Hi, I'm Syl. I'm getting way too much screen time this season. It makes me uncomfortable.
1: We're currently cycling through the cast. Next up will be me, Jason, and Syl.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna take a break next week. Oh, I don't like that. Don't do that.
1: Too late. We've spoken it into existence.
2: Great. But I can cut it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have the editing powers. I am God. Uh, with a lot of media companies prepping for the world to return to normal, whenever that may be, if ever. There are a lot of trailers that are popping up these days have you guys seen anything new that excites you
0: um honestly most of the stuff i've seen has been stuff that we've talked about um, i was trying to figure out what have we not that i saw a trailer for and i honestly can't um there are a couple of things though that we have mentioned that uh that i'm that i'm getting excited for um there's a a lot of cool Marvel stuff coming up that looks pretty good. Black Widow looks exciting. Um, the uh, WandaVision stuff, I actually did a lot of watching of that today. And that looks that looks really cool. Um, so I'd say, I'd say in that
2: vein. Not so much new. Um, I had a similar problem where I couldn't think of anything we aren't talking about. <laughs> um, so not so much new, but I am really excited to see Tenet at some point. I'm a big Christopher Nolan fan. I've heard mixed reviews about it, but I am excited to see it once uh, once it's not, you know, in theaters. Because I'm not doing yeah. that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest tragedy of that is that it was expected to like blow the doors off of a lot of theaters, and it really didn't. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are still worried about going out.
1: Honestly, though, if I was gonna break quarantine, I would think that going to the movie theater would be the way to do it because you can sit in the dark and not look in or talk any- to anybody.
2: You know, I uh, I just recorded a movie, uh, a short film, mm-hmm. and there's a strong possibility we will be doing a uh, we'll be renting out a theater to show it, and uh, it uh, I'm worried about it, but like also a lot of theaters are being very professional about it and like limiting the number of people that can be in there, so
0: yeah we did uh we recently did a thing for my youngest daughter's birthday she turned nine um in august and we uh our local theater is doing a thing where they let you rent it out for a small party and then they're willing to show some older kind of classics and she's always loved dinosaurs so we we watched jurassic park in a big you know movie theater that's one of those movies that you know it's a really good theater experience um and she had a couple friends and um we social distanced with the exception of a couple of the kids they hung out but um it was good
1: well this week we have we'll be going more into detail about microsoft's purchase of ZeniMax that we mentioned last week online return policies for gaming and the wandavision trailer Last week, it was announced a $7.5 billion deal had been struck between Microsoft and ZeniMax, in which the former was purchasing the latter as a parent company. Within ZeniMax is popular game developer Bethesda, which means Microsoft now owns Bethesda and all of its properties. It seems Todd Howard managed to sell us Skyrim one more time. Ugh. In a tweet from Jason Schreier, the Kotaku journalist stated that Quote, Microsoft will honor the PS5 exclusives already announced, end quote, namely Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, but, quote, future Bethesda titles would be on Xbox, PC, and other consoles on a case-by-case basis, end quote. Microsoft has made some of its most popular purchased franchises like Minecraft available on PlayStation. Do you think they're likely to make more Bethesda games, Xbox, and PC exclusives?
0: I think... It's important to reiterate that this was a 7.5 billion dollar purchase. Good gravy! Disney bought Star Wars. Was it 4 billion for that? This is almost double.
1: I think it was the Marvel. Some of the Marvel titles were purchased for the same. So that for the four point the four billion mark as well so that means that Bethesda Man. was purchased for the price of Star Wars and Marvel put together
0: that's insane to me like those they they feel like such bigger properties but the truth is like if you consider all the properties that are under ZeniMax's umbrella it really is a lot I mean there's there's all the Elder Scrolls there's all of Fallout there's Doom there's um, uh dishonored there's a lot of stuff um i was reading the list of all of the properties man it's a lot um i don't know that number just kind of blows my mind it's so much money Um, it
2: is it is a ton of a ton of properties and i do think the fact that it's 7.5 billion dollars like i saw a lot of articles that essentially said like you don't pay that amount of money unless you intend to make them exclusive but that said i think At least for like the the really massive bethesda titles like fallout and elder scrolls and doom i don't think it would be smart to because they're missing out on a bunch of potential sales doing that
0: yeah i kind of agree i've heard the same that you don't you don't spend that much money to not make them exclusive but it i don't i don't know um i think we've talked about like what's the appeal of consoles um and i think a big part of the appeal of them is just their simplicity um you don't have to worry about upgrading your your graphics card or whatever on on a console um so they have that going for them but the really the only other thing they have is their exclusives um the fact that they can hold certain titles hostage means people are going to buy consoles exclusively for some of these games um Microsoft, I think, has to worry about really pissing off gamers, though, because a lot of these titles have existed for a while on multiple platforms, and if they start limiting where you can play them, I think they could draw some bad press. If it wasn't for that, though, I think financially, keeping them exclusive would would be the smart way to go.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it definitely does pull in... uh like the idea of having them exclusively on xbox for example would definitely pull in some major fans who you know care about consoles to probably buy an xbox over a playstation uh in these this upcoming round but i don't know i I just i feel like with consoles the brand loyalty is so heavy that like a lot of people who want to play playstation are going to play playstation regardless of xbox exclusives so i think um I think if they if they do make those those bigger titles uh, exclusive they're just they're going to be missing out and they are like you said going to pull in a lot of bad press
0: yeah i think ultimately the bad press or wanting to avoid the bad press is what's going to win out i think microsoft would be um i think it would be foolish of them at least for um titles in existing franchises that players are accustomed to having access to new stuff like stuff that's not elder scrolls or fallout but other you know new stuff um i i think it would be silly for them not to make it exclusive but those i think it's bad juju i
1: wonder if they're looking for an exclusive to replace halo i doubt it but they're branching out who knows
0: i mean their plan could be to make all of them exclusive going forward. Um, I think that would be dumb, but who knows?
1: Well, you guys did mention last week that you actually thought this purchase was going to be good for Bethesda after they've made some rather cash crabby decisions Uh, ZeniMax was reportedly facing financial struggles prior to the purchase. What kind of changes do you think we're going to see the output of the company's franchises with new Microsoft standards to uphold? And potentially Microsoft money bags?
0: A lot, a lot of things. So <laughs> I have a personal hope. <laughs> uh, I have been having anybody who plays ESO with me. Um, there's a meme about my uh, connectivity issues with ESO. <laughs> um, I get disconnected uh, several times a night. Um, sometimes I can be online for five minutes, sometimes I can be online for half an hour, but I will just go right to login. No idea why. I've had several tickets to to Bethesda. The last one, um, the last thing I heard from them was that it's been quote elevated to a special team. And I haven't heard from them for like three weeks. So I'm hoping Microsoft um, puts a little bit of customer service back into um what has been really lacking uh, particularly in their their support area um but there's other stuff like the cash grabby decisions I mean Fallout 76 ugh, come on and then a lot of stuff in ESO has been kind of lowest common denominator stuff like ooh dragons are cool let's do dragons and we just got resold Skyrim again in ESO <laughs> we really did uh, so Uh, yeah i hope microsoft can put them in a place where they can actually be creative again
2: i have a very similar connectivity issue um do you really yeah i really only play eso mostly for roleplay purposes but um i've said in the past that it's not a proper eso event if uh, i don't get disconnected at some point in the middle of it
0: (laughs) man it's oh it's so frustrating i can't do content at all
2: it is the worst um so yeah, I do think Microsoft has the capacity for better and larger servers. So maybe that won't be a problem anymore going forward. Um, but at the very least, better customer service would be nice. Although anytime I've had to deal with Microsoft customer service, it's not been the best experience.
0: Yeah, the fact that Microsoft is so large kind of runs counterintuitive to yeah. customer service. I'm hoping though that at least some standards of, standards of practice come down and I I don't know like respond to your customers I have literally been well I've been paying a subscription to ESO since it launched um I'm I'm one of the supporters of the game and I'm I'm losing faith in that because
2: like they're just not talking to me
1: you're paying for a game you can't even play
2: yes correct it's, it's pretty rough um as far as other standards i'm actually a little worried to be honest like i do think it's gonna be good for stuff like eso and uh, hopefully for fallout we'll see but um you mentioned halo and the popularity of halo has been dropping a lot over the last few titles because they're just not that good uh like i i think every halo fan for the most part is pretty much in agreement that 5 is not very good at all uh, so I'm a little worried that maybe if they start making changes to Bethesda as a developer, uh, the quality of the games might go down. I don't, I don't know that I trust Microsoft not to make cash-grabby decisions, but I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm. I don't know if I trust Microsoft to not make those same kinds of decisions either. Um, I, I'm just kind of fingers crossed that somebody else in the room. Or at least somebody in a room on, a, on a, a higher floor of the building will push them to make better decisions. But I don't know. Theirs might be just as bad. You're right.
1: Hey, but you know what else they got? Obsidian. You know who I would sell my soul to for an RPG? Obsidian.
2: <laughs> Fallout New Vegas 2.
1: OTOR 3. Oof, yes. It's obviously been a while that fans have been waiting for Elder Scrolls VI, having to sit through High King Todd Howard re-release Skyrim for the twelfth time, at least. With this purchase, do you think we're likely to see the biggest franchises, like Elder Scrolls, Doom, and Fallout, have more regular releases, or at least a greater number of games put into the franchise? Will we maybe get, like, another game? Although, keep in mind, we have had, like, 11 Halo games in the last 19 years, and we did just say that their quality has been somewhat declining. But, that also includes the Halo Wars games and the Master Chief Collection.
2: Uh, um, I think the likelihood of Microsoft re-releasing older Fallout games, like they did Master Chief Collection, is pretty high. I think that's a very cash-crappy decision that would honestly not be the worst thing. I mean, I think a lot of fans would enjoy that, just having like a remastered New Vegas and 3 to play. Um, but I don't know. The quality might drop, but the quantity will most likely increase over the next few years. Yeah.
0: And I'm, I'm actually really not a fan of like the the franchises that release a game every year. Um, Assassin's or, Creed. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, Assassin's Creed, because it's it, you basically reskin the same game. Um and you you start making them redundant and you start running out of of ideas and there isn't enough lag time to even um you know really count on uh better improved gameplay or graphics or, or any of that stuff because you know just a year has passed um i much prefer the franchises that allow some time between releases because it's going to mean um, just about everything is or ideally has time to improve from the creation of a new story in whatever universe it's in to um, the the tools that developers have at their disposal to just make the game play better as well as ideally make a more fun game I mean do do any of the Halos play different than previous ones
2: I mean a little bit Like, they've added new elements to it and changed, like, certain playstyles, but uh, for the most part, I mean, it's still the same general feel. Um, I do agree with you to an extent. I think Elder Scrolls is one particular case where I'm really tired of waiting for Elder Scrolls 6 because of how often Skyrim gets (laughs) re-released. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. Give me something new, please.
0: I, 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 saw, I saw friends that go back and they're like, you know what, I'm gonna replay Skyrim. Like really, the the 43rd time? Is, <laughs> it really, is it really that interesting again? I mean, I, I can't do it at, after some point, as much as I enjoyed it. No, I'm, I'm done with it. But at the same time, I don't want Elder Scrolls VI to be a turd. I don't want it to feel rushed, and I don't want it to be Skyrim gameplay in another setting. I'm hoping enough time has passed, that won't be the case, but I don't know, maybe with Microsoft, um, it won't be.
1: Only one way to find out. Although this is a bit of a loaded question, but I think it's one that's merited given our past discussions on monopolies and some of the other facets of gaming industry. Do we think that this is a step towards Microsoft getting a monopoly on gaming? Obviously, there's still competition in the industry and a wide variety of it, but we've seen what happens when competition narrows down to only two or three main parent companies.
2: I feel like, um, for the last pretty much I feel feel like since Sega fell off the map, um, Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony have really dominated the gaming industry. Like, everything else, even if it's a major company, has to an extent been considered indie. and stuff like Bethesda and Zenimax, where they're like not part of those main three, they can do really well for themselves, but obviously it doesn't last forever. So, yes, I think it's absolutely a step towards Microsoft becoming a monopoly, and I'm not a huge fan of it.
0: To, to, I totally agree. And to add on to that, I think one of the reasons that I have personally been so bent over like Epic Game Stores, um, approach to keeping exclusives on their not console but on their platform um it's run counter to actually offering steam some legitimate competition in the industry of green lighting smaller development teams and elevating lesser-known titles to the gaming community at large because i'm i'm not a fan of of these companies swallowing up other companies and becoming these huge conglomerates microsoft it 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 freaks me out not just in terms of gaming but just in terms of everything they have access to and that they own um but when it comes to gaming um i i really don't like all that power power such a weird word but i don't like all of that just stuff being consolidated under under one umbrella um I really like the idea of venues like Steam because they can help shine a light on other cool stuff out there. Stuff you'll never find at a GameStop, for instance. Um, and the, the fact that the Epic was positioned to be genuine competition and chose not to irked me more than I think it probably would have had I not also been worried about these conglomerates like Microsoft.
1: Alright, well, the $7.5 billion deal has been speculated by a lot of reporters as a sign of intended exclusivity on Microsoft's part, but we won't know for sure how case-by-case future titles will actually be until they start to come out. For now, we'll just cross our fingers for a good new Fallout game, and for ES6 to come out before any hype is lost. Maybe?
2: Or before another re-release of Skyrim.
1: Over the course of quarantine nintendo has been dabbling heavily in dlc a relatively new thing for the company they've had expansions on many of their games in the past like adding new maps to mario kart or new fighters to super smash Bros. but pokemon is one series that has until recently been devoid of expansions post-release they just released multiple variations last season we talked about the most recent installments in the series being sword and shield and how they were using expansion content to substitute missing Pokémon from earlier generations. But a lot of users reached out, upset over purchasing the wrong expansion, as you had to buy the one compatible with your copy of the game, be it Sword or Shield. Nintendo originally stated they wouldn't be offering refunds, but over the summer they changed their tune and went through with it. This is the first time Nintendo has ever gone into openly refunding content. What do you think inspired the change of heart?
0: Do do either of y'all play Pokemon?
2: Um, I I did I didn't play Sword and Shield, but I've played pretty much every well, not every generation. I skipped a few, but yes, I play a lot of Pokemon.
1: I play Pokemon Go. Ugh. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> not. A... Yeah. <laughs> oh, that
2: was, uh, wait no, so I'm sorry. Ginger. I played
1: I played Pokemon Go, and then I did a Nuzlocke lock run of one of the Pokemon games emulated with friends and I won nice Another that's my fun. entire claim to fame I have never <laughs> played the base game I just did the one this run for <laughs> eagles
0: I have never played a Pokemon game in my life so I, I was actually kind of relieved that none of the other questions were about Pokemon gameplay um because you know sure what else uh as far as the the what inspired the change of heart from Nintendo? I mean, I don't know, from a completely outside perspective, um, this looks like one of the, I don't know, kind of worst... Sorry, still you're going to have to edit this, but one of the worst cluster I've heard of in the release of a game. Like, you release two versions of the same game, basically, Sword and Shield. Yeah, they, and people I mean, they've have done that to since buy... the beginning.
2: That's always been a thing for Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Every single mm-hmm. generation, they have at least two. Earlier on, they did three, but they stopped doing a third one after a while.
0: What a terrible idea! <laughs> of course, people are going to get confused. People are going to buy, the... especially you're going to have like grandparents buying this for their grandkids. It, of course, it's that is a recipe for disaster. Um, I don't know. Like the idea of going in and refunding this. I mean, it only makes sense. I can't imagine how many people were pissed about buying the wrong one and having no idea that there even was a wrong one
2: yeah um early on it it was i think it was a great marketing ploy because the idea is that like uh in the first generation for example you get either uh, red or uh, blue in america um, and one game has some of the pokemon that the other one doesn't have so the idea is that you get one and your friends get the other and then you trade with each other so they kind of created their own internal community among uh, players okay so it was a really great marketing ploy uh, back then but yeah now that they're adding expansions and stuff and you have to get the one that's compatible with your game it is absolutely a recipe for disaster um i i imagine to answer the question it had to just be bad press right like they didn't want people to be upset with them because nintendo's never really had uh well, not that i can think of anyway never really had a huge uh bad press towards any of their games even though like all of their games are the same five games re-released all the time but I-, I imagine they just wanted to stay in the limelight
0: well nintendo has i think of i don't know they've got probably one of the best reputations in gaming in terms sure. of like just having content that's you know always family friendly and stuff that you know, it's just fun and lighthearted. That's definitely their shtick. Um, having bad press over people buying the wrong thing. Um, yeah, that's disastrous for a company, I think, uh, designed around family fun and whimsy and everything Nintendo is.
2: You know, it's funny that you say that because um, I bought a Switch Lite Uh, earlier this year and i I don't play it a whole lot but um i have noticed that the e-shop that they use for nintendo is like not the most intuitive thing so i don't know how as a like brand that is made for families and for kids especially to be able to use it's like so not intuitive i I can't imagine children are having an easy time with it or
0: maybe i'm just getting old i don't know (laughs) you might be uh, I bought a Switch for my daughter, <laughs> um, and she's. Yeah, we got it for uh, uh, what? Animal Crossing? Yeah, See? me too. Like, we bought the console specifically because of its exclusive. Like, we we would probably not have gotten it if it wasn't for that game that was all the rage. And we've gotten a few since, um, but she digs it. I mean, she's playing it all the time.
2: I don't know anything about its cash shop though. So it's not great. Hey, if your daughter needs any fruit, let me know. I got them all. <laughs>
0: She's actually got, I think I'm the only one who doesn't have an inhabitant of her island in my family. <laughs> my my wife and her sister, um, you know, they they'll jump on occasionally, run around her island.
1: Given that this mistake happened because people were buying the sword expansion when they had the shield game or vice versa, It's arguable that this comes down to user error and the ability to read. Do you think since Game Freak, who have stated they'll be continuing to use DLC to expand on Pokemon games in the future, might rethink the age old strategy of having the multiple games per generation of Pokemon? Or will they, too, attribute mistakes like this to the players?
0: I was totally unaware. That this is an age-old um strategy of having multiple games in the same generation
1: <laughs> until five minutes ago
0: <laughs> but i like what silva what you said about like they kind of create their own synergy that way that is kind of brilliant but i think that in order to not be confusing it's beholden to them not releasing dlcs and expansions and additions to their games if they're going to start doing that i mean they're going to continue running into this um and and i think it's even compounded by the fact that um these are these are very family friendly games these are games kids are going to want to play like i said you're going to have grandparents wanting to buy these for their grandkids and anybody who has dealt with grandparents and technology um is well aware like the more complicated it gets the less likely it is that you're going to get anything more than a gift card
2: It's very true.
1: Wise up, kids. Start asking for the gift
2: cards. (laughs) I do... I kind of hope that they abandon it, to be honest. Like, back in the day, like I said, it was a great marketing strategy. And um, they did something interesting when they used to have three games per generation where uh, the stories of the games would be just ever so slightly different. Um, I remember in the third generation, which was... uh, ruby sapphire and emerald uh the like enemy team that you were fighting was different in each game and uh emerald had like a more cohesive storyline where both teams are super relevant to the story and i thought that was really interesting but they stopped doing that a while ago and uh i think I, even though the games are really just about you know collecting them all, if they're going to do stuff like expansions and they're going to dive more into potential storylines in the games, I think ha- having more than one does just make it too confusing and there's not really a necessity to it anymore.
0: Yeah, I do think there are other ways to create that kind of synergy by you know obviously you don't start with them all um, but it, you know if you start with a random group, and other players will start with another random group, that would, I think, encourage the same kind of interaction and synergy that they were trying to build with the multiple whatever, colors or teams or, I don't know, whatever they're called. Um, Little monster groups. (laughs) And um, you gotta limit the confusion. I think they're definitely doing the right thing by just allowing people refunds. Um, Because I... I can't imagine if I had made that mistake, I'd be, I'd be livid. I'd, well, livid's too strong. I'd be angry, partly at myself because T's right. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to read <laughs> if I did it wrong, but still, come on.
2: Yeah, I mean, for the record, I do totally think it's a user error thing more than anything else, but it still makes sense that they're giving refunds. Um, but on top of what you said, like especially recently, there's also. Um, There's been like so much cohesion through the internet that has made Pokemon more popular and easier to connect to other people. That, um, you know, in the early days it was all about like having the one friend who had the other game because that's who you had to trade with if you wanted to get them all. But now Mm, you can trade online. It really doesn't matter, so.
0: Or some versions will actually encourage you to go outside. Gross.
1: And in one fell swoop. Nintendo made one of the most important contributions to public health.
2: Right? (laughs) Yeah, and it lasted all of, like, two months.
1: Then we went to quarantine.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, like,
0: it's really quarantine that kind of killed that, I think. Yeah, it was dark.
1: Um, I kind of have to ask, though, like, if the games are that similar, Why couldn't you make the DLC compatible for both versions of the game?
2: That's a good question.
1: I don't know. I feel like that would cut out a lot of the concerns. It really would.
0: In fact, it would probably
2: cut them all out. Hey, Nintendo, listen up.
1: Gotta catch all those bugs. Yeah.
2: Uh, (laughs) Anyway...
1: But let's talk a little bit more about online gaming and purchasing in quarantine. It's become a lot more mainstream, um, as obviously we've all turned to rely on it a little more. Um, Do you think that more online stores should be offering refunds? For example, Steam and PlayStation Network both have a return policy, but this is the first time Nintendo eShop has offered a return policy at all. And Microsoft's Xbox Store apparently only allows one refund per calendar year per account.
2: Um, wholeheartedly yes. 100% more online shops should be doing returns, because as a mostly Xbox player until recently, um, I hated that I would buy games online, um, and not be able to return them, because it, it would tell you immediately, like, hey, once you buy this, you can't return it. And, you know, you're gonna buy it anyway, because I want to play the game, and I'm not gonna go to GameStop to get it, but, like, if the game sucks, or if At that it point, doesn't you're work, just clicking through anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. But like, there's definitely games I've bought on Xbox that I was like, hey, this looks fun. Um, And I just didn't really know what I was getting into and didn't like it. I feel like um, Assassin's Creed has kind of become that recently. Uh, The last few games, their trailers have given me nothing. And luckily in that particular case, I haven't bought any of those last few games because I don't know what the games are about and I don't know if I would enjoy them from watching the trailers. So I just didn't bother. But there's definitely other games like that where, you know, the marketing for the game didn't really tell me what I was getting into and I didn't like it when I got into it. You've lost faith, my son. Yeah.
1: Like those advertisements for the uh the mobile games where it's like this really dramatic cutscene or whatever and like the animations <laughs> all nice and then you like open the game and it's a card game.
2: Yeah. Ugh. It's yeah. sure reminded me of the the mobile Gwent game. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, some of them will even they'll rip off other games and because they're not based in the US or based in um, countries that have similar copyright laws to us like nothing can be done like their mobile games are awful mobile games are the worst Um, I I agree with the, uh, the, the predilection toward um, wanting online stores to be able to offer refunds I do think though that there's an obligation to be um, conscientious about it. Um, Not all, like for instance, for Steam, uh, if you've played a game more than, I believe it's two hours, um, it becomes more difficult, if not impossible, to get a refund on a game um, so that you're not renting a game for free, basically. Um, And I think those are the kinds of thoughts that need to go into the kinds of refund policies that online stores um, have. Uh, if you're talking about online video game stores, then I do think the one Steam has is good. It's not perfect because there are some, you know, you know, some games you can finish in like an hour or so. Um, they're usually pretty cheap, but still. Um, n- not every consumer is conscientious about supporting the people who produce the content they consume. And, um, I mean, I, I, I've taken advantage of like Walmart's return policy when I was, I mean, who hasn't, when I was (laughs) younger. Um, I just, I hope it doesn't get to the point where some of these companies who are offering these refund policies end up doing themselves a disservice and trying to cater to unscrupulous masses.
2: I do think the way that steam does returns is probably the best way to do it for, um, for an online video game shop have like a a time limit on it
0: yeah i've taken advantage of it i refunded games um i refunded no man's sky as a matter of fact (laughs) as i'm sure a lot of people did i bet
1: yeah regardless of what you think is the best way to catch them all pokemon will continue to produce games for the foreseeable future as far as we're aware and we'll see whether or not that includes some dlc For now, however, we're going back into quarantine. On September 20th, Marvel released the first proper trailer for their upcoming Disney Plus series, WandaVision. With only about a minute of footage to examine, let's talk about how the details of this trailer may shape the future of the MCU. The show clearly seems to be taking inspiration from a men comic line, The House of M, which, in which the Scarlet Witch used chaos magic to warp all of reality to befit her ideal world. Although in the comics Wanda warped all of reality, the show team seems to tone down the scale, which is probably a little necessary to keep from breaking continuity. Um, do you think the events could be happening within Wanda's mind, an alternate timeline like we saw set up in in-game, or as some have theorized, even hell?
0: The trailer looks fantastic, um, or trailers. We now we've seen we've seen a couple. Um, it's actually probably one of the things on disney plus that i'm excited to watch the, the truth is i'm i'm really not that excited about stuff on disney plus the mandalorian yes and now wandavision
2: maybe we'll see the marvel shows are the reason i got disney plus so I'm, fi- I'm happy they're finally coming yeah finally <laughs> um, although real quick to interrupt wasn't uh falcon and winter Soldier supposed to come first what happened to that
0: I don't know. It,
2: I mean,
1: 2020. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was
0: going to say 2020 kind of rushed everything first, back a little. Um, but there's, there's an interesting bit in the trailer that shows um, uh, a lady flying through the sky and she pops out of the neighborhood that Wanda and Vision are living in. And it goes from day to nighttime as Mm. she, like, pops out of the bubble, and she is—I can't—I can't can't remember her name. Monica Um, Rambeau. Yes, the daughter of um, Captain Marvel's partner. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's uh, she's laying on the grass, and there's all this, you know, militarized folks um, set up just outside the town. And it leads me to believe that either there's some force trying to keep wanda's bubble limited to this town or she's somehow keeping it there or some other forces um, and this group is there either monitoring or actively trying to contain this insanity that's happening um, so i have the impression that it's a localized thing um and other people are aware of it but they're like protecting the world from it i don't know that's the impression i got
2: yeah i think uh the general consensus in the the theory world right now is that the uh the people trying to contain it are sword the uh offshoot of shield yeah um, cause not only was Monica Rambeau there, but there was, uh, Darcy from the Thor movies was, uh, spotted in the trailer.
0: Yeah, I saw that too.
2: And, uh, also I don't remember his name, but the, uh, the guy, the agent from S.H.I.E.L.D. who was in, uh, the Ant-Man movies, or at least the second one, uh, he's supposed to be in the show as well. So I think, uh, likely Sword is going to play a huge part in it. Um, but I do think, like you said, it's probably like a localized thing. I think the possibility of that town being some kind of portal to hell is, uh, is huge because there seems to be a lot of influence from the uh the hell storylines of the comics
0: yeah the the twins that it looks like they have oh, yeah cannot um, wait yeah i mean there there's a lot of links to it and that story um that that links them to either a gateway to hell or some kind of dimension of hell is is really interesting and i think that would be really cool to explore
1: Still hyped for it but we'll get there in a minute So it's been strongly implied by Marvel's Kevin Feige that WandaVision has to come before Doctor Strange's second film, which we know is titled Multiverse of Madness. Some speculate this is because the show will set up Wanda to either be the villain of the film or to at least play a major role in connecting the multiverse. Considering Scarlet Witch's comic and MCU Origins as a villain turned hero, how likely do you guys think it is that we'll see Wanda return to an antagonist role in the upcoming films?
2: I um I would kind of like to see that regression, because I think it's an important part of the House of M thing where she's not really necessarily the bad guy, but like to everyone who's trying to save the world she is. Um so it would it would certainly be interesting and I think Doctor Strange is like the perfect hero to go up against her if it came down to it. So that'd be really cool for the movies, but I I, I don't know. I don't think it's likely she's actually gonna go villain again.
0: I have um, I've said before several times that I, I much prefer complex villains I much prefer villains that you could uh, you might even be able to relate to villains that you can even kind of appreciate where they're coming from um, I also still I, I like that complexity with I think what you were getting at still in that she might be viewed as a villain but she might be an unwitting tool of another greater villain
2: cough, cough, um, Mephisto.
0: Yeah, um, and that I think is also a very, very interesting dynamic um, that she's not even aware she's being taken advantage of and she's just doing what she's thinking she wants to do, getting nudged and getting influenced. Um, I think there's also the potential for um, uh, for her to kind of have that um, slow descent, into, into darkness over the course of a show. Um, that I find really intriguing as well. Um, I, I like if a story is good, I like it to take its time and I like it to convince me that a character has earned whatever it is that, um, they're supposed to be set up for. And if she is supposed to be set up as the villain, um, letting her earn it over the course of this show. I think, is, I think that would be brilliant, and I'd really like to see that, if that's the ultimate goal. And don't draw the show out longer than it needs to be. If it has a story to tell, let it tell that story, and then move on to another project.
2: Yeah. Um, there's a, an interesting thing that someone pointed out in a... Uh, uh, it was New Rockstars on YouTube. I watched their breakdown of the trailer, and they had a bit where the italian um translation of the trailer when the witch character agatha says uh uh, because you are when when referring to vision being dead Mm -hmm. it's actually uh plural so it might be implying that both vision and wanda are dead which i think is super interesting because it, it it unpacks a whole lot about like whether it's really reality or not and i think I think if one that comes out of that broken it would it would definitely serve as a good like origin for her reverting back to a villain or not being villain.
0: I think that also lends some credence to the idea that they may actually be in hell or mm-hmm. it could be that that gateway they're in they're in between makes a lot of sense.
1: The trailer has a lot of small details and implications towards magic. There's been references to specific comics, Wicked Witch Characters, and all sorts of other things that have pointed to some speculating that the show will tie in with Mephisto from the comics into the MCU. Given that our only look into magic before has been through Doctor Strange, which made it grounded in science, and that Wanda's powers have been explained in the MCU as an experiment rather than a mutation or magic in nature, what route do you think the MCU would have to take to bring the literal devil into the fray?
0: Um, I think the MCU has done a fantastic job of bringing a a god into play with Thor. Um, They did it in a very interesting way and they have explored the idea that there are um, other forces out there in the universe and that um, the literal devil could simply be an entity that exists in a dimension that is like or even perhaps historically, our human reference for what hell would be. Um, I, I think there's a ton of ways to play it that could be very, very interesting thematically. Um, and I'd really like for them to explore it if this is the direction that they're going. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that it is.
2: I think that's a really good point. There's a lot of merit to that. My, my opinion is there's one of two ways they're going to do it. Either it's what you just said, essentially, and it's like the origin of the the story to humanity. Uh, and it might tie into the Eternals, which we know a movie is coming out for, uh, mm-hmm. I think, next year. Um, or they might dive more into the multiverse idea. And it could be rather than being a portal to literal hell, it might be a portal to another uh, another alternate timeline where essentially Mephisto is king of this hell world.
0: I think if they take that route of going with um, like an alternate timeline kind of deal, um, I think having uh, having this show set that up is also a really good um, lead-in into essentially creating for the MCU um, basically a, a multiverse where they can do whatever they want um and the idea of end game simply being you know one of an infinite number of realities um and to show that um with the events of this show it's all still kind of up in the air like we're not safe even with um uh even with old snappy boy being sanded um <laughs> there there's still real serious danger out there that we don't necessarily understand that could be a really cool direction too and it gives them so much room with all these um, future projects planned
2: absolutely and i think that the shows are going to be instrumental in setting up the multiverse because we already know that loki and what if are two of the shows uh, that are going to be coming to disney plus and we know for fact loki is in an alternate timeline where he you know escaped and isn't dead and what if is literally a show that's going to be like every episode is a different timeline. So, I think this show might set up a lot of uh, that precedent for seeing things that aren't necessarily in the the main continuity we're familiar with.
0: That could very that could very well be why this is coming out first because this sense. this sets all that up. Yeah, one
1: thing's for sure. The MCU timeline is about to get wacky. (laughs) Good. The House of M comics that this show is based on has Wanda famously saying the line, No more mutants, and then wiping out almost all mutants from existence. Many believe that this show, and it being the gateway for Multiverse of Madness, is Marvel's way of setting up for the arrival of characters such as the X-Men, Fantastic Four, and even the Young Avengers thoughts
2: uh if i could do a girly shriek right now like very high pitched i would give it a shot
1: that's
2: the best i can do (laughs) that was terrible i I want my money back that's you know i I don't do refunds i'm not nintendo (laughs) you're not an online store (laughs) um this so this trailer has already shown us that uh and vision are gonna have children who very obviously are at, at least a reference to wiccan and speed uh Billy Kaplan and Tommy Shepherd. Wiccan um, the fridge I, had a B and a T on it. It did, yeah. Um, Jason and I are both very big fans of Young Avengers, and we both really want Wigan to be a thing. Um, they they seem to be setting up Young Avengers in in multiple ways, and I'm really really excited for that. Um, and there's also talks about John Krasinski potentially playing Mister Fantastic, which I think would be great casting. So I'm really excited for uh, for all of these new uh, attained properties to make their way into the uh, into the MCU. Although I don't know how they're going to explain some of them without mutants, if they take their time on that. But we'll see.
1: With multiple timelines, nothing matters.
2: That's true.
0: That that's actually a good point. Um, I I've said this before too. I really dig when when properties kind of link or at least give a nod to um to some of the other um some I hate to use the term properties, but that's ultimately what this all is. Um acknowledging that the X-Men exist in uh in, in an Avengers universe or vice versa or the Fantastic Four. Like that stuff is awesome. I love it when there are those linkages because it makes the universe feel that much more real. It makes the universe feel that much more complete and it i think even adds to the scale of it like you you have in um in the same movie you have a spaceship uh, with with a, a nerd on board who calls himself star lord um you know shooting a laser pistol next to the literal god of thunder um you know wielding mjolnir is that the name of the hammer yes um,
2: Well now it's Stormbreaker the
0: Axe, but yeah. That's true, yeah. Literally shooting lightning out of his ass at um at bad guys. And like those two themes, they don't they don't usually go together, but they do in in the MCU. And I want more of that.
2: I just really want Wacon. So bad.
1: Although it is gonna be really funny if WandaVision like the the reality ends up being like her ideal reality. Um because if they still don't have the rights to uh, the Quicksilver, then that means for her ideal reality she didn't bother to bring her twin back.
2: Oh, that's sad. Well, they do have the rights to Quicksilver now because he was a mutant.
1: Did they get him back as well? I didn't check. Yeah, I mean like he's part of the X Men,
2: so he should. They should have the rights to him. But that's a really good point. Why didn't she bring him back? Maybe, maybe, maybe she, she, does,
0: she did and we just didn't see
2: him.
1: Although honestly, like as someone with a sibling, same.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm undecided if I bring mine.
1: <laughs> oh. All right. Well, obviously, the implications One Division has on the future of the MCU are potentially massive, um, literally out of this universe. The trailer ended with a non specific coming soon, and supposedly the show will be coming this December. But with so much of Marvel's lineup being pushed back and moved around, we're not holding our breath just yet.
0: Although, in an alternate universe, you might be able to hold your breath indefinitely, <laughs> you might not even need oxygen.
1: it's tea time this week's question is based around the current hit game of the month among us since the game is just a riddle with potential comedy amidst all the you know murdering people that you're stuck in a closed environment with do you guys have any funny stories or favorite moments in your among us experience?
2: I do um, so at one point I, I've been playing it a lot with uh, with my girlfriend Amanda and um at one point we ran into a uh an, an online player who referred to himself as a detective so-and-so i don't remember what their name was exactly um but in the opening of the game as we were waiting for it to load in uh he was like i'm gonna solve the case so i was like can i be your deputy and he said yes so my name originally uh in the game was conky tonk because i thought it sounded funny Um, But now it's DEPUTY TONK, and every time I load into a game now, uh, I wear the little police outfit and uh, uh, the bear ears. And every time I load into a game now, I I just, in all caps, put into the chat, DEPUTY TONK is on the case. I have not survived a (laughs) single round since uh, since I did that. Everybody kills me immediately. (laughs) That's awesome. It's pretty funny. And every time I die, I say DEPUTY TONK is on the floor. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I I don't know. Like I both love and hate those kinds of social manipulation games. Um, they always make me so anxious when I'm playing them. Uh, I I don't know why. Like un- un- unnecessarily so. You're just um, not I lying have... to people. I don't. <laughs>
2: yeah, I love it. I'm a Slytherin at heart. <laughs>
0: um, but I it's not that I don't appreciate the dynamic. Like I've loved. Um, if you guys have played any of the like card games like the in-person card versions we played werewolf a lot love it um with my wife's family but i really only liked moderating i liked being the one in the center to like keep the game moving along and make sure everybody's following the rules that role i like it could be because i'm a control freak but um I, i think it's more that i just don't like being anxious about not knowing anywho i played a game um with uh, a couple of Socon nights and <laughs> this one game we ran, I don't know why. Um, anybody who knows Dale, uh, he he was in a game with us, and for some reason, some other person we don't know who they were, just kept going after Dale every time we'd get called in. They were just gunning for Dale. Dale did it. Dale's <laughs> Dale's there. Dale's the man, and Dale's like, I, what in the like? Why do you even? Why do you even? Uh, why do you think it was me? And the guy was like, you just have a face for it. I know you did it. And (laughs) and eventually it worked. Like like Dale was never implicated anywhere. He was never near any bodies. He like other people had seen him working on like actual projects that needed done. (laughs) Dale was not an imposter, but it it worked. Like after I think the third round of this guy just constantly saying, it was Dale, it was Dale. (laughs) We threw him on the airlock. (laughs) And it was the weirdest moment of, like, you see their body floating and Dale is not an imposter. And then everyone's like, oh, crap.
1: Dale's just looking pretty sus.
0: Dale's pretty sus. <laughs> he is pretty sus, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so I actually haven't gotten the chance to play this game as much as I would like to. Um, but I will say that I love, like, some of the grander stories that are coming out of it. Of, like... Um, people that were that wind up playing um with like you end up in a lobby and then you're in the lobby for like hours and so then by the end of it they're like they wound up one person wound up tagging along with another one and it got to the point where one of them um one of the pair called an emergency meeting and everyone was like what's like what did you see what's wrong and they said it's me i'm the imposter i can't kill this person they trust me too much i can't do it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so they like oh, forfeited the game because they couldn't bring themselves to kill the person that they've been running around with trying to survive
2: oh, that's funny i have no guilt so whatsoever <laughs> oh yeah no. when i'm the imposter i murder amanda first i played a game once with um
0: astrid and a couple of folks where um I, we were cheating because astrid and i were in voice in discord together and cheaters there yeah there was one game where she was an imposter and I wasn't, and I helped her, <laughs> like I helped her run around and gave her plausible deniability and shit. I don't remember if we won that one or not, but it's I don't recommend it. Like my paladin um, essence felt it after we were done.
1: Alignment compromised.
2: I love being the imposter. I love being the werewolf. I love being the liar and fibbage. Yeah, I'm the worst.
1: I just learned the fan art.
2: There's a lot of great memes. Oh yeah. I I
0: even watched a uh like a like a fifteen minute long YouTube video of like some of the greatest moments in Among Us and they were hilarious.
1: <laughs> oh like there's the hilarious. there's the one where the imposter is looking for the person and he finds him standing in a corner so he kills him <laughs> and the rest of the crew. Everyone was standing in the same corner. Yes. <laughs> just all run actually... out around him.
0: It's like when you you think you're killing a spider and like all the baby spiders come out at the same <laughs> time. I was like I was really confused about what was happening uh, until I saw the vote right after and I was like, oh okay. <laughs> then there was one that had uh, it showed the like vote screen and it was all the letters for Pixar, but the eye was dead. And then there was one <laughs> called uh, like table lamp. <laughs> and uh everybody voted for table lamp like they should
1: <laughs> i think one of my favorites is the one where it's like emergency meeting called and then the person's <laughs> just wanted to say hi
2: yeah that is one of my favorites
0: and then didn't they get immediately voted yeah <laughs>
2: everyone voted to put them in the airlock okay
1: <laughs> uh, well, if you'd like to submit a tea time question for the podcast, head on over to SoakingGaming.org slash media and find the submission bar on the right-hand side of the page. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Soaking Podcast. For more Soaking Media, visit us at SoakingGaming.org slash media, follow our Twitter at Soaken Gaming, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Soaking Gaming Community, and look for future episodes of the podcast on Google Podcasts and iTunes. Until next time, I've been T.
0: I have been Leo. I've been Sil.
1: And we'll see you next week. Keep an eye out for that imposter, good. Thank you for listening to the Soken Community Podcast. Craving more? Visit us on Twitter and YouTube at Soken Gaming, as well as our website, www.sokengaming.com. Until next time, stay classy. Right, Dave?